What is branding really? How does it affect our daily life in near moment-to-moment -moment stipulations? Where we capitulate to our own desires in what I would argue is a loss of will. Or lack of will required to expose a decision to perform what is a simple act. Consume, purchase, acquire. Daniel Kahneman has said the following. We think, each of us, that we are much more rational than we are. And we think that we make our decisions because we have good reasons to make them, even when it's the other way around. We believe in the reasons because we've already made the decision. There is a term in marketing and the branding industry called sensation transference. It refers to the unconscious assessment people make about a product based on how the item looks. That is described by a Google top search. Charles Spence is a well-known psychologist from Oxford. His speeches caught my attention because he is quite candid about the holes in the science that can't explain why humans buy what they buy. Most of it can be reduced to simple differences between choice of color. He explains that blue, for example, is dominantly viewed as colder, less aggressive, less painful, and more comforting than red even in situations, tests, and products where the only difference is their color. For further example, a laser that burns your skin, or the box of salty sweet cookies you're about to buy. In a red box, the cookies will taste sweeter to you. In a blue box, they'll taste saltier, or at least less sweet. With those concepts in mind, I think it is safe to say, I at least, feel assaulted, that somehow my thoughts and even my senses have been hijacked. Can I free myself from this manipulation that I am a part of? That never-ending commercial jingle in my head? Can you? Would you? What do you think is at play here when you ask yourself why you buy what you buy? Zach and I are going to try to find out as I pose these questions to him now. But first, welcome back everyone to Audiopong. It's a joy to be speaking with you again, Zach. Where would you like to begin in that intro i just gave all right thanks for welcoming me back you know it's good to be back it's been a while um not nearly as long as our last break but you know true yeah so to kick it off i guess you you asked what is branding i guess branding to me is just like the logo right that is the brand you know um I don't know. I guess what what is branding to you? Well, then? see, technically, so I I wish I could remember uh, the speaker's name. It was Jennifer something, but she was she's a brander, a marketer, mm. um, and a graphic design artist, and she gave I think it was a TED talk. Again, I, I apologize for forgetting her name, but she talks about that you know that um, that a brand the brand is not a logo. A logo is a logo. Okay. Right. That that's a, an icon. It's a design. A brand is also not a quality of a product. So right. the reason why she mentions these things, and I've heard other branders talk about it, is because I, I myself included it until I researched this topic, was um, maybe not a victim of that, but uh, guilty of that. You know, we all do that. Like if I say Oscar Mayer, some people right away think, oh, my favorite bologna or oh, my favorite hot dogs, mm -hmm. right? But Oscar Mayer is not the brand uh, or rather the quality of those those meats, those products is not the brand. The brand is really the psychology yeah. behind the product, right? Yeah. It's what the company is trying to figure out it can do to make you buy their shit. Right. Uh, whatever it is. And I think what's what's interesting to me, what, what, what that pointed out to me, and it's something that was always rolling in the back of my head, rolling around, was that the quality of something seems to only increase based on whether or not we buy it. So if we're buying garbage, they're just going to keep giving us garbage. Yeah, and, I, you know, I feel like it's a lot like evolution. Like evolution is not going to create wings if it doesn't have to fly. If it doesn't, right? Even, yeah, right. You know, if you can survive yeah. just fine and you're and you're still procreating or creating your product, right? Your your evolution of your product is fine. You don't you don't sure, have you don't why 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 spend money creating something bigger or better when people are still buying what you got well that's an interesting question too because that is something i've learned that uh companies do uh they are constantly researching and making changes to uh not one product but all of their products and their branding right mm -hmm. uh, there are their logos and other things because they're 
they're trying to improve their sales, right? Every every company is always trying to increase its bottom line. Right. Call that greed or just the competitiveness of the of the game, the business. But they will increase say for example, um the recipe of a cookie, right? I mentioned, you know, salty sweet cookies, which is just about any chocolate chip cookie, right? Yeah. Um so there I read up on um Chips Ahoy. Everyone knows Chips Ahoy cookies. Yeah. So when I was a kid, I wondered why I, I, my brain recalled, it came back to me while I was researching this. I had remembered that there was a time period for several years in the late nineties where Chips Ahoy cookies were terrible. Oh they yeah. Went, they went from moist, wonderful, crumbly things to extremely dry, uh, almost like silicate powder right. hardened cookies. Right. And they, it didn't even taste like a Chips Ahoy cookie anymore. And then the, the, the quality returned and it's funny because the my ego, at least, played this game with me where it made me think that my decision in not buying Chips Ahoy cookies anymore played an effect on the company's need to change their quality of their product, right? But at the same time, I'm probably right to some degree. Because, I think you are, yeah, because if enough yeah. people stop buying your product, I mean, that's what happened to New Coke. When yeah. they changed the formula of Coca Cola, oh, Coke's a great example. Of Pepsi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they changed their formula, and people got they're up in arms about it. They're like, "We want the original Coke hey, back. Man, don't fuck with my drug. It's <laughs> <laughs> good the way it is." Yeah, yeah. That caffeine and sugar, it's addictive. But yeah, that's what happened with them. And then so they brought back their Coke. You know, they didn't keep new Coke. You can't buy that today, can you? I haven't seen I it around. I don't know. Maybe like off of eBay. Yeah, right. But you're not at a grocery yeah. store. No, probably not. But I mean, that is, an, that is an example, though, of companies making changes to the quality of their product in order to get you to buy it again. And right. that is, I guess, I believe what branding really is, if I'm to understand. Do you think that like uh, some companies will create like a, a poor product on purpose? Yes. So that they could you know, get like more attention in them. Just, just in the respect of say new Coke, maybe say that was like a purposeful thing. Like we're going to make this different so that we can go back to the original so we could increase our sales in yes. the long run. You think yes, that I think there's, I think that there's two games at play there, or there's two aspects of that game that you've just pointed out. And, and here's, here's what they are. One is, and I was, I don't know why I was surprised to learn this, but one is that the food and beverage uh, industry right okay. has knockoffs just like every other industry so just like there are nike knockoffs yeah there are chips ahoy knockoffs okay and you see them all the time and they come of course from you know who's number one country is china but they're they're all over the world they're right south america even in some products are from england uh and things like that so um uh for example so okay so you have that's number one you have these knockoff companies right Number two, this is a little convoluted, but number two is this. Some of those knockoff companies are owned by what you would perceive to be their competitor. Yes. So you would perceive Nestle to be competing with, you know, Nestlar or something, right? Like just as an example. Yeah, okay. There's a Nestlar. No, right. But that Nestlar is actually owned by Nestle. They yeah. just don't communicate that to you in order to boost up the sales of the product they want you to buy that they know is successful. Uh -huh. So that's why knockoffs, just some knockoffs disappear very quickly. And I think you could, if you pay attention to that, you'll start to see the game at play. The other, another way to recognize when there's true competition at play is like what, um, there was a lawsuit between, again, I'm sorry, I don't have other names, but um, the Reese's peanut butter guys, right? They're packaging, right? It's like orange and brown and yellow. Right. It's very recognizable. Yeah. That's another important thing is your logo, right? And uh, and the colors, that's part of branding, the yes. psychology of it. So there was uh, some candy from overseas that, this was back in the early 2000s, that was from England. And their packaging was very similar in appearance to Reese's. Now, Reese's sued them or tried to sue them big time. And they ended up settling out of court. And I think a second lawsuit occurred where this UK company actually won uh, based on certain different international laws and trade agreements. Okay. Right? But that is evidence of a true competition. If you really want to know who's competing <laughs> with Reese's, look, who's look for the lawsuits. Who, yeah, yeah, because 
yeah, you could maybe argue that cons- you could make up the conspiracy that, oh, maybe they're suing themselves. Maybe they're suing their own umbrella companies, right? Which maybe they do. I don't know that they wouldn't. But I didn't even know we were owned scale, by you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. No, that's true, too. There are companies that don't even, I mean, most people working in the company yeah. don't realize that they, you know, like they are a Pepsi company, for example. Yep. You know, now that's something we, I don't think we're going to see too much of in the States, maybe. And this is a guess because in the States, um, the way things are marketed, it seems here in in the states, is that um, the origin of something is very important to us, right? We it seems like most people don't like the idea of a monopoly, even though that's kind of a hypocrisy because yeah, that's, everything that is a monopoly. Be, yeah, that seems to be the goal, right? Is to that's, eat up as much of the market share as you that's can. It. That's the dark side of capitalism is monopolies, basically. Yeah. Um, um, so. I think I find that interesting. That's also like a psychological worm, if you want to call it that, where, you know, like, like with, and it's, I, I'm guilty of it. You know, I don't like the idea of a monopoly, and yet I buy things that are clearly from a monopoly. But that, listen, we're lower, class, lower middle class, right? We got to get what we can get. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I shop at Walmart, right? So I can't, you know, can't toot my horn too much about upright buying. Right. I mean, you might. You know, like HP has a new um, tablet or laptop that just came out that's like friendly to the environment, but it's like okay, but it was still built in a sweatshop. You know yeah, what I mean? right. Like, yeah. Right, so the plastic isn't killing seals, but but, but we're killing <laughs> but little we're children. Killing humans. You yeah, know, it's it's like, a, eh. yeah, it's a thing. Yeah. It happens. Um. So what I was looking at when I was looking at the psychology of branding is that they're trying to uh, what they're trying to do is create a sense of uh, identity and for you to relate to that identity. Right. So that you can like um, feel like it's like almost like a person. Right. They try to give like almost personhood to these companies and to these uh, more more so a brand. Right. So you right. associate yeah. your qualities with the qualities of that brand. Not necessarily not necessarily the quality like uh, good versus bad um, quality, but the qualities like uh, of, like a person has, you know, like funny, uh, smart, uh, sophisticated, like right, those yeah. kinds of qualities. Right. No, you're right. And they, um, and they try to create this. It's like, if you think of Apple, right. You mm-hmm. think of like, um, you think of the genius bar, right. So you think of smart people, you think of creative types, you think of like, uh, I mean, I think personally of hipsters when I think of Apple, like that's just the, the correlations I have. So they try to create this like sense of like, um, friendship almost right like then they've done uh mri scans of like people who are avid uh apple fans you know and it's when you hear good news and good things happening to apple you have these reward centers set off in your mind that are the same as when you have a close friend or a family member even like get these uh get get has these things happen to them these these positive outcomes so it's like you literally associate well some people I, I guess most people because I guess that's what they're targeting right is most people so I guess well, most de- this yeah, happens to most people. It's actually a racial game uh, in a lot of ways uh, because the demographics because mm. the what you're talking about is the story right they, exactly they, they, they're trying they to create tell. a story that's why you know like Folgers you know the the best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup right yeah and through the 80s and 90s Folgers had very family-centric stories right yes and it was a lot of a lot of them were you know literally waking up in the morning and grandma's making coffee and donuts or it's Christmas morning and the yeah. family's there waiting for you and their Mother's Day you know well, yeah it's yeah. holidays it's very but it's very like a nuclear white family oriented right i i feel like that's just uh media in general though well no i yeah okay so there's a there is a generalization that almost any marketer is going to play right to to cast the biggest right but it's interesting to me that when you when you study this uh when you start to like dice this up it 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 really comes down to uh, even political and racial demographics right Mm -hmm. what is the biggest pull that they can attract right and they don't care they're ruthless about it right that's yeah. why coke recently did some of, the, some of the most racist things I've ever seen on a brand on a logo for a company was Do you know uh, what it was well they, it wasn't actually on their product it was right. within their own company they had this white privilege anti-white privilege training now to just assume 
that there's that, that such a thing even exists, right? Is an argument that has that has yet to be settled. Okay. Yeah. And I, of course, am in the court that doesn't think it does exist. Okay. In any in any racial sense, at least, I think privilege exists. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that where I grew up, the location and stuff like that, that that has a, a play to part. Could be construed. Right. But, but I don't if think that I has had to do... privilege and I and I grew up in a you know an eighty nine percent black community yeah exactly where would my white privilege how did i assu- how did i assert it there you yeah, know what i mean so i agree it's an extremely racist thing to do and they did it within their own company so that's why i currently i mean i was already not drinking soda but i boycott all coke products now yeah. not buy anything that they own and they own a lot let me tell you when i looked up what coke owns they own a lot of food and drink a lot Oh yeah, Nestle. It's like, I mean, it's like a Nestle's quarter or a third of the thing. world. It's insane. Yeah, and I think Pepsi is even bigger than Coke, as far as what they own. Uh, Pepsi tastes better. <laughs> I mean, it's drawing the line right there. <laughs> like Dave Chappelle, well, they just they paid me less, so it's. <laughs> but yeah, so going back to this uh, neural marketing study, right? Um, with Apple versus um, uh, Samsung, mm. is that like they found out that like. Even regardless of the reports that the people were giving about their the the news they heard about Samsung and how they felt about the news, if it was positive versus negative, and what they thought about it, being a Samsung fan is they don't have those same reward centers go off because mm. they don't necessarily love Samsung. They don't have a uh, a, a story. A relationship. They don't, yeah, they don't have that relationship. Yeah. They don't because Samsung no, doesn't Apple really have a does, story. For sure. Apple doesn't. Or Samsung doesn't have like this like. Uh, this personhood aspect to yeah. it. They don't, you don't really think much about Samsung. At least I don't. I like, what do you think? If you were to uh, give Samsung qualities, what would you give it? No, you right. Know? It's almost like it's a, it's a, it's an, it's a very beige it's company. Eth- it's ether, you know? Yeah. It's ether like. It's not, it's a, you know, it's not a, it's a god. It doesn't have a form. Whereas Apple does sound. Yeah. Apple comes across as, you know, like a, someone you trust or a buddy that knows more than you and he's giving you good <laughs> advice kind of thing. You know yeah. what I mean? So they found out that like um, people who like Samsung only like Samsung because they hate Apple. Yeah. I'm like, that's really funny. I mean, and then I looked at my own buying things like, yeah, I only have a Samsung because I hate Apple and Samsung is supposedly the the most superior um, phone um, for Androids, right? Like if you're going to buy an Android, they, they always say Samsung is what you hear at least is the best quality one. I, they are really good in my own comparison. I like them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would rather right, at this point, I would rather have it than a Google Plex or a, what's the, I, mean, I don't think it's, it's pixel, Google pixel, Google Plex yeah. as, a, as a math. Thing. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, um, What's the uh, well, Detroit's, LG, you know, Nokia, the LG's. Yeah, I don't really Motorola. like the, you don't really hear much like technology news about them. So like you, you always hear the up, technology yeah. well, it's a news. Saturated, it's, it's a dominated market that's set or it's a market saturated by the dominance of the biggest players. And it and now, um, you know, we use we throw the term social media around. But social media is media. It's always been social. It's always been in some form of manipulation or a podium for yeah. the biggest voice possible. It's just that now with our technology, of course, it's in everybody's hands. So it's on the largest microphone it's ever been on, right? But, you know, the, the effects were there with newspaper, for example, or town criers going back even further. I and mean, it's the same thing really in concept. And so these big the, – and conglomerates are what? Conglomerates are just corporations working together. So, I mean, is it really so difficult to think that maybe Pepsi and Coke – are in bed together, even though they're like two staunch competitors for the same market. Oh, you know yeah. What I mean? Well, it's kind of like I doubt they don't. I'm sure they guild each other in some way. There's yeah. no way they don't shake hands. You right. Know you know, it's kind of like political figures at that point. Too. Oh, they're, it's bigger it's than same. politics. They run fucking countries. As far yeah, as I would concerned. say that. I would say <laughs> companies are bigger than gov- governments. Oh, way bigger. I way mean, bigger. even going back to the East Indian Trading yes. Company of like the what is that? 1600s something Even like that sooner, right yeah, 14, yeah 13 to 1600s yeah like you know like the first years major international well, intercontinental Columbus. i mean his yeah. whole his whole venture that was a point yeah was a uh, new market yeah or, or yeah we're trying to find a, trying to find yeah. a faster way to india yeah you know that's what he was trying to do he thought he was in the india india or india so i mean that, that's just Could you imagine being that big a fuck up and then being in history books and getting credit for hundreds of years is you know discovering a country you didn't discover i just i love that for some reason it's just it just exposes how inaccurate we are as humans you know and and the scary part 
but the interesting part is that it starts with an individual. Yeah. You know, we really are all uh, have an effect on this system that we are part of this system of consuming and, and decision making, you know, and like, so one thing I, I've become better at doing is interrupting my thought. And like I brought up Daniel Kahneman earlier because he, he demonstrates or he explains what he said basically tells, uh, explains to me how I go to a supermarket most of the time. And, you know, I might be looking at something, um, say I, I know I shouldn't buy or it's out of my healthy diet, right? And I'll say something to myself along the lines of, uh, do do I want to get that? But that is an arbitrary question. In my mind, I have already made the decision if I'm going to get it or not. I'm just sort of toying with myself for some, you know, for some guilt trip that I want to like, you know, fall off of. And what I've begun to do is actually interrupt those thoughts and really start to like stop myself and mm-hmm. my, my line of thinking, my chain of thinking, and then follow my gut. And I've noticed that since I've begun to do that, that I've stopped buying things that are bad for me, that are not good. In the, in this case, for food, they like uh, right. you know cookies or, or or candies, which I generally don't buy anyway. But you know, every now and then, it just uh, it, sugar is this crack like substance. It's, it's the only thing I'm truly addicted to mentally. Yeah, I mean, like caffeine, I'm probably addicted to physically. Oh, yeah. I mean, I could go a day without thinking about and wanting to drink coffee or whatever you know and then i feel like shit by the end of the day i'm like i really should have had coffee yeah <laughs> but like that's a physical addiction but with with sugar it's a mental thing like i i want it i just i just want sugar all the time and it's yeah. it's kind of annoying to the point where i've now cut out buying my own sugar i'll still accept people like giving me candy or like you know right. whatever i'll still get in the stranger's van it's fine yeah you know <laughs> but like i'm not gonna buy my own sugar so like you're saying you've already made the decision before even going into the store what you're gonna buy in a sense right yeah like once you look at the package you're not really making the decision at that point it's either a prior decision or it's like um well, it's, it's been thrusted upon you right by, even by when the you're even when you're like, even when you tell yourself that you're uh, browsing, mm-hmm. you're not really browsing. You're actually more like remembering what it is that you wanted. Mm. You're not really yeah. trying to. You're not actually deciding what you want. You have decided. You're trying to remember what that damn decision was, <laughs> and you're doing that by glazing over all of the right. stimulus in front of you. Well, you're talking about the sense uh, inference or transfer, sense transfer. Uh, so sensation like, transference. Sensation yeah. transference. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so like you're saying that like the packaging is what kind of grabs you, right? Like that's what's that's so what makes that's what like makes you like want it. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of study, and I love anything to do with psychology in the mind. But there's a lot of study on um, why we like things that we like, and that sounds like a really simple, it's almost like a trite thing to say, mm. but or cliche, but it, it, it's really a complicated thing when you think about it. Now, when you execute, like when I, and I'm speaking for myself, but I assume many other humans are similar, right? You tell me how you feel about it. But when I execute my desires, it, I feel very confident about it, right? It's not a mystery to me why I like, um, you know, tequila, for example, okay. right? I mean, there's no there's no color to tequila, right? It's, it doesn't fall into the blue and red categories that I the, mentioned the, earlier. The tequila itself. The okay. tequila itself looks right. like water, right? right? Almost like a slightly less consistent form of water, let's mm-hmm. say, right? Um, but the flavor differences by brand play a role in my head. Now, if I really start to break that down, even thinking of it right now, if I'm being truly honest... A lot of them didn't taste all that different from each other. But the experience is the story in my head behind right. each one of those different brands is 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 a strong is a strong is a strong like divider or a decision maker, right? Part of the part of the decision. No, absolutely. So my negative experiences with brands I say I I've convinced myself I don't like was because I had a bar- bad bartender that night or uh, I shouldn't have been drinking or whatever, you know, any myriad of other reasons or variables why I had a negative experience. But really, in flavor itself, they were very, very similar. And and maybe that means that they are identical, 
You know what I mean? With going back to yeah. like knockoffs and how, how, how companies compete. And really, there's so many recipes that are just the same fucking thing. Yeah. I mean, how many ways can you make tequila or any other uh, spirit for that matter, you know? And or, without a doubt, there's there's there, going to there, be there's, recipe differences, but yeah, in there's general, artistic really. flair in yeah. your culinary or whatever you're doing. But if, in the general, it's it's all the same. That's why if you like if you like tequila, you like tequila. It's not like it's right. like you only drink this. I never heard of any only someone only drinking Patron. Like if you just like offered them like different tequilas, they're still gonna drink. Like, I mean, I am I am snobby with things, and that is one of them. Oh, really? Example, so you yeah, do so only like drink. I'll, I'll only drink uh, 1800 silver or Patron. Right. And I, I, you know, I now, okay, don't get me wrong. I don't want to get, I don't want to sound too gray on this matter. There are obviously sometimes big differences between quality of things. That's why we, right. that's why we, we discern that in our mind. That's why we discriminate, right? That's why we critique. That's how we know what we like and what we don't like. So that is, of course, important. But what we're talking about, um, I think, is that. There is a manipulation at play as well. There's a, you know, the uh, we're, we're being manipulated and convinced on some in some in some ways and on some levels that we want or we what we like is because we think we like it, but we haven't really discerned it. Well, the okay, so going to with that and the uh, sense transference is the only reason I ever bought this water called liquid death <laughs> is because of the marketing that was the only reason yeah it's like I, I and i knew it because I, I was like like this is targeted to me and i love it because right. it was very like metal it was very like you know like in your face and just like it had great appeal you, yeah it was very appealing it had a skull a flaming skull on the on the can um it, sa- it says liquid death and it's water like that's just that's what's fun. going on here yeah, i need to really, know <laughs> it's really fun there's there they have cartoon animation um mar- like commercials where like there's this like can that's like fused into a, a, a is the head of a, a man and he's got like a battle axe just killing people I'm like yes this is what i want i want this water like this is amazing like this is so everything could, could that mark could have could have that style of marketing been on anything yes if it was about oh if pop? it was it if it was about soda if it was about tooth- it right if it was toothpaste i would have yeah. bought it I'm like <laughs> tooth de- like death green toothpaste <laughs> yeah like, i would totally like i would i would buy it instantly just because of the the appeal right yeah, like right. like that's just fun to me it's like and if it's not more expensive than the, the next thing i was gonna buy then or you know if it's not like outrageous if i can't justify well, the purchase part right of the game too is um so so going back to how things are like gilded when i say gilded i mean how their prices are so similar Mm -hmm. and how they share space in in the market where you go to buy things say in person right online it's kind of a different game i don't buy online well many people do (laughs) right but when you're looking at a, a shelf in a store okay there's a lot of things next to each other and what's interesting is that when just say like imagine the following you walk into a walgreens you walk down an aisle and you're staring at a shelf, there is so much communication, so much information being funneled into your head and going through your mind that I don't think you really, you know, just casually you don't pay attention to it. And I say you, I mean all of us. Mm -hmm. And because we're so used to it. We're so jaded by this noisy world that we live in, right? I mean, there's so many things... Uh, you know, like how in, in the first part of the intro, I, I spoke, I touched on that a little bit where, you know, your your, your moment to moment stipulations, right? Well, I don't even have to be uh, at McDonald's to think about McDonald's. I don't have to be at Walmart to think about the products in Walmart. They're in my head sometimes all the time. And if you really think about it, I feel like I'm just quieting their volume. I can never get rid of them. And that's the right. part that upsets me the most. It's why I hate TV. I hate commercials because... They're designed to be, it's like a casino. They're designed to be so memorable and so addictive, so nice to listen to that it tat, they stain you. They tattoo on your fucking brain. Right. So it only takes one element of their, yeah, just, uh, of their marketing to spark their, them into your mind. Right. Cause you're already, they're, they're already primed. They're experts at it. Yeah. They're just, they're, they're just priming you. No, they're smarter. Look, the, the seller's smarter than the consumer. I think part of that manipulation starts in some of the phrasing, right? Uh, the consumer oh, yeah. is always right. Oh, well, what adulation. Thank you. Right away, That's that makes me sound like I'm the smart one, right? Oh, well, I'm a 
intelligent consumer is right i know what i'm doing yeah. wrong asshole you're being fucked you know so i really hate when they uh do like all natural right it's like because i fall on that trap all the time it's yeah. something that's called oh, the all yeah. natural i mean black widows are natural and they kill you know it's like uh falling rocks is natural that still hurts you, you well know? that's another thing that surprised me was that the word organic yeah used on a label do you know what it means it there there's what i've seen is that there's very little difference right it's just the fertilizer for the most it's part simpler than that you know what organic means what anything you wanted to that's literally the description for how or for what is allowed to be labeled as organic on a product in the united states and that includes a lot of products that are shipped that are imported here organic can organic means anything the the company wants it to it's a right. completely I mean, ambiguous term. It's like it's like to us, chem- we chemicals, think of the de- right? Because everything well, is chemicals, right? So everything is technically organic because everything came from something It's just another manipulation natural, right? in the wording. Because they yeah. know to us organic means safer. Right. It means more, maybe possibly more quality, closer to nature. That must mean that yeah. it's better, right. right? They know that's what it means to us. Mm-hmm. But to them, it can be the same bullshit the same right, garbage the legal, we've the always legal been jargon getting. doesn't it doesn't mean yeah it's not it doesn't actually mean what you think it means and if it does that's just a moral decision on the company of the product you're buying if it actually means something healthier you know what i mean well some brands even have like their standard brand of like cookies or whatever then they also next to it have their organic brand of cookies so it's like what you're saying is there could be no, literally no difference. And if you oh, look I on the back, of, yeah, that has to exist. I mean, I have no example to give, but yeah. I believe that it exists. Yeah, definitely. What's really funny is like uh, I saw this thing about um, uh, was it Camelback? Like the the water bottles that you would wear for like runners or hikers oh, yeah, or whatever. Right, yeah. So they started making uh like uh, bottles too that are like cups that you can like seal and and then drink out of as well. Uh, they noticed that children really liked them because I guess they have like a soft like end to it and they were like very chewable. And so like kids would chew on these things. Well, they would like, they really liked it. So what they did is that they made a, a kid's version of that cup, right? Just a smaller cup. That's all it was. It had some like green for boys and pink for girls and the green had like dinosaurs or something on it, right? Right. So they did that. They made this second cup, but it's the exact same price, but it's smaller. So it's like you're getting less, yeah, for the same price, and they're but they're but thing. they're making more money because they're using less plastic, right? They're using less products, so they're making even more. Their margins are are higher or smaller. They're making well, more over over it. Absolutely, I mean, uh, it's still it go, it's going on right now at many of the bars and restaurants you go to, like Tilted Kilt. Mm-hmm. I've seen a video of them being caught for doing this. Um, but a lot of those, you know, TGI Friday types, you know, bars, not necessarily TGI Fridays, but like all those restaurant right. bars, you know, those chains, um, they, you know, they serve pint and half pint drinks, right? Okay. And it's usually what? Five to $6 for the half pint and like seven to eight for the full pint. Okay. Okay. Or sometimes it's only a dollar or two in difference. Right. That's the real trick you got to look out for. And then I, in the videos that I've seen, people literally take their full pint beer and pour it into the half pint cup. No, and it's the design of the glass that fools you. Yeah, because taller, taller, color, taller, smaller, rounded. Like, but it looks, has a narrow base, right? And it's 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 beveled in such a way that it looks hollowed, in, mm-hmm. like with a wider hollow than it actually possesses. Right, the, the glass could be thicker. So it's really just a half pint, but you're paying more for it. That's messed up. I can, I'm surprised you've never seen that. Yeah, look that up. So and a and a lot I mean a lot of bars are doing that right now they're doing that. Well, I know Arby's they do that kind of with their fries like their their fry. Oh yeah, uh, a lot of containers. Fast food, yeah, they're like they're hard pl- uh, like cardboard right. They're they have small, medium, large, and the medium is actually the best value that you get. Absolutely. Um, I learned that on food theory from Matt Pat on yep. YouTube. McDonald's <laughs> was really the same funny. thing. But yeah, McDonald's like well, they're they're if all packaging for fries were shaped like the paper one that mcdonald's had then they, it expands and it contracts and it, you can fit more into it so that's like the best like packaging so for speaking to of get, that for, exactly. for the consumer no you're right speaking of that exactly this uh, i think it was in the 90s that mcdonald's changed the design to their small fry packaging uh significantly mm. because it was um it it fit 
someone once you know the internet hit and people were making videos and people were sharing more information before that so like yeah it was like mid 90s uh what mcdonald's was doing was they had their small fry paper packages fit inside a medium fry exactly so you were getting the exact same amount of fries in a medium but you were paying more but you're paying more and now like even now though when you look a lot of, and this is more of like a user error but if you look at the McDonald's a fry scooper, it's actually a, a measuring cup of sorts, right? For like a, a small, medium, and large, and how right, many fries right. would fit. Now, logic would dictate that you could fill up that thing for a large, pour it into a medium, and you'd still have a full medium, right? But a lot of people don't, it seems, when they go to like scoop it. And when you order a large fry, I can't tell you how many times in the past I ordered a large fry, and really what I got was a medium fry. And so, yeah, medium is always the smart way to go. The, I think the exception would be with McDonald's is their drink because they've normalized. <laughs> it's $1 no matter what you want. Yeah. And unless you, and of course, but even then you have to say low ice or no ice because if you get a large, they yeah. just fill it to the brim with ice, man. It's all ice. Dude, when I get coffee and I get like cold brew, I, I never get ice. It's like, why would I get ice? You're, you're jiffing me out of so much coffee because they like jam pack that thing. It's like... Almost, I would say it's more than half ice when you if you get a full cup of, of of you know of a drink and you get full ice. It's it's there's more ice there than there is. Drink. Well, there's, there's even some be. science to it too. So the the temperature of the soda and its level of carbonation affects how quickly the ice will melt to a certain by a certain percentage when it okay. first it comes in contact with it. So the moment the spigot is free and the soda is pouring right. into the, the ice full cup. Right. The ice is immediately expanding and releasing a certain amount of, of its water into okay. into the volume of the cup, and so it's filling it very quickly. That's why when you if you it actually the it's so the really cracking, a cool experiment. The, the cracking of the ice makes it if you expand. take cold soda right, you take a medium sized cup mm -hmm. right, and you take a large sized cup and you fill it with the same ratio of ice. Okay, okay. that's two different volumes of water technically, but the effect is the same. If you take cold soda and you pour it it will take longer to fill the cup than it is with a warmer soda with a higher carbonation. And the reason for that is because the warmer soda with the higher carbonation is melting a certain amount of the ice basically instantly yeah. to fill the cup with water so that the cup fills faster. So you're getting even less oh, out of out yeah, of the large I, I, than you I, are I of the guess. medium in actual content of the soda that you want. Right, because, yeah. I mean, it's to that level. That's that. It's to that level of... Of of chinsing you, you know what I mean to get to give you the least amount for the same fucking price, and it's such a, you know that's what really irks me about the uh, the consumer driven world that we live in is that it's a it's a nonstop it's a nonstop onslaught by those who give or those who who sell a product to fuck you as much as they can out of your money. So that you're just meanly yeah. happy. You're you're sort of just above fifty percent with most <laughs> things. Some things you have to be just, way high to like. Just but enough most not to complain. Just enough, right? <laughs> most things it's just enough because why? Your life is full of so many other stresses. I mean, like the number uh, Daniel Kahneman. This is a little off topic, but you know he makes a good point about what's so stressful about your job. Well, he has noticed with patients and people from all over the world, and he's written many books. Be, you know, with because of his career that. For it, most of the stress is right at the beginning. It's in your commute. You know you're yeah. you're having to you're having to travel. There's an excellent movie if no one has watched it. It's called The Gods Must Be Crazy. And the very beginning of the movie is basically a documentary of the whole movie's really this, but the the beginning especially is like watching a documentary, but not of animals, but of humans, and how we have to like constantly readapt to different habitats think about how illogical and stressful that is right a squirrel is adapted to what a forest yeah that's or, its yeah, universe the, the, yeah it's the trees the predators that live in in the trees or on the ground mm -hmm. it's source of food it's source of mating yeah. and it's source of of net you know home that's it that's its entire habitat is one di it's one di or it's one universe right but right we, it's not a dynamic humans, world yeah i mean that is all the dynamics to their world yeah. but imagine if a squirrel had to leave the forest every day to go to you know <laughs> the mountains yeah. right and there were no trees in the mountains and he had to he had to work with other squirrels on the ground you know i mean it's a weird i know example but that's what humans do we constantly are forced to readapt ourselves to different environments but different yeah. habitats and your behaviors are different and in, that, those, uh, right, in those right those situations too 
And that, that yeah, I would say yeah, that, your that, persona changes. Yeah. I, I mean, I I think I'm a perfect example. I have different personas based on where I'm at. Yeah. If sure. I'm with a thousand people, you'll see a different mark. If I'm with one person, you'll see it compared to what person the mark you'll see with one person. Right. It's no. just oh, there, there's, night and day. Yeah, you know, there's work, there's there's home, there's yes. there's family, there's friends, there's alone, there's there's all these different personas for right. sure. I would say I I definitely do that on purpose, even you know, because it's just advantageous to to you to get be liked by others so that you can get what you need out of and the situation. And believe it or not, that plays into branding too. Where you are. What you do for a living affects how certain products are marketed to you and why the story fits your your life. Even if the product, it's so strange. Like I, I challenge everyone to do this if they haven't really done it because I've done it to myself and it's amazing really what I discovered. And it's this, really question, I mean question everything you buy, even things that you've been buying your whole life. Like maybe you love bananas and you've always mm. bought bananas and you've always bought, you know, Chiquita bananas, right? Look into that. See see what the real difference is between a Chiquita banana and, uh, I don't know, an El Salvador banana, whatever. Something from South America in a right. different place. Like, look up the backstory. See what you know information you can find. See how they're marketed. How Find out every detail and just let it soak in. It's amazing how your mind will start to change about what you buy. Now, I'm not saying anything about Chiquita bananas. Right. But I went from being... I guess that kind of banana buyer to someone who just will buy any banana as long as it looks healthy to eat, you know. And and if you already are that person, good for you. Yeah, but I, was gonna say, I didn't know there things. was other bananas. I thought we were doing the same thing we were doing before because bananas have a funny history. Because um, so, like you know, candy that is flavored banana yeah. is is what oh, bananas one, yeah. used to taste like, right? Because there was a banana. They're more banana than a banana. Yeah, there, <laughs> there, there was a different species of bananas, and um, I forget what what the whole thing was called, but it was like this interconnected trade route that going from South America to North America, pretty much, and all these bananas. It was one type of banana, like one species, and a disease hit the one region, and it just spread like wildfire because they're all connected to this trade route. So that banana went extinct and i thought wow. we were having the same problem now because we didn't have genetic uh, diversity in our bananas or in most foods that we have and that's like the big issue in the big warning thing well every food is bigger now for that too you know speaking of products changing you made me think of um uh one time i looked up the origin of ipas right indian pale ales oh okay so uh, i'll be honest i hate ipas and many people like them and uh, it's kind of fun for me to like give my friends who drink IPAs like shit because I'm like, man, that you know that beer tastes like crap. How can you drink that? Well, the origin of and here I go again. The origin of IPAs um, is because I think it was in the 15 or 1600s uh, when England was in charge of India. Okay. Right? In India, it was and it was marketed this way on purpose that you know English ale was the best. Right. Okay. Now the problem was getting it there on time before it spoiled why there was no refrigeration so it had to go it took months right three to six months or whatever it was but it was like you know half a year before you got your damn ale in india from england and it would spoil on the way there so uh i forget what brewing company in in uh in the in england developed uh and you know the the ipa the indian pale ale okay right? and they created it's a more hoppy it's more resistant beer well in england they hated it at the time, at least. They thought yeah. it tasted like shit, right? It was yeah. their Budweiser or their, you know, their, their, you know, blue Paps Blue Ribbon. So, high, so they, they couldn't sell it there. So what they did was they relabeled it. They called it an Indian Pale Ale, okay. right? And they they marketed it as like the top tier, the creme de la creme, the top shelf ale of England, because it could survive the trip, right. and it sold like hotcakes in India. So. To that, the English, no, to to Indians or at least people oh, living okay. in India. That, yeah, right. but that's what I meant. It was the English in well, India, it, or well, ah, it it's matter, mostly Indians yeah. in India, Zach. <laughs> well, not not necessarily at the time. Who knows? No, even at who, that has, time. who has the buying power, right? No, but it, it's it's the market in India, is right? The point. I got yeah. you. So that's fun, though. It's interesting. That's it's just interesting that that you know that goes on even today. Yeah. How often do you buy different brands of things? So if you go like you need deodorant, for example, like. Do you spend time looking at different deodorants or do you always pick up the same like brand? No. So um, that is so I, I've begun a practice. I've do, been doing this for a few years now where um, even when I even when I have a product that I really like and I'm like to repeat purchasing it mm -hmm. every time 
I go to, and I mean every time I go to purchase it, I test out other things. I I slow down my purchasing. I don't just run in and buy right away. Now, don't confuse that with browsing because I'm again like what browsing really is it at least by for most of us what we how we normally treat browsing is pretending in a way it's sort of like a fake deliberation i'm not really deciding i want something different i'm trying to find what it was that i want again right Mm. even if it was just something in the past that i'm repeating okay so i don't do that i do actually mix it up i interrupt my thinking and try to like it's really in a way the best way i can describe it is like finding my way back to my gut instinct right listening to the little voice in my head instead of always editing that out or ignoring it and just falling into the paths I always fall into when it comes to purchasing things. So uh, that's why I prefer to buy things in person rather than online yeah. because I talked, I mentioned it earlier, but I wanted to say it then too, was that when you purchase things online, you eliminate that process. You can't test things. Right. Because now all you are a subject, you know, subject to is, is the marketing, is the branding. You're just yeah. looking at colors. What label looks better? And then you look at reviews, and reviews are false too. I mean, oh, not I, all, I feel, but they're I feel bloated. Like, yeah, that there, there's a big um, discrepancy in actual customers and people that yeah, are the just accuracy, like, yeah. It, it's 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 either in favor too much or derogatory by too much. Right? That too, yeah. And so all I can say is that I'm I float somewhere. I, you know, I like to read. If I find a three star or a three, I love my favorite review is a three and a half star review with a like a book report. Mm, that's perfect. <laughs> that's what I'm looking for because I that's someone who who definitely bought the product and took time to think about it. Right. That's who I am. That's who I always want to be. So that's the review I'm looking for. I ignore five star reviews. I ignore one star reviews. Okay. It, it, if I can get, I mean, it, and it's 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 a silly game. It sounds like, but it really you'll well, find these, more these are accuracy. your schemas that you've developed yeah. in order to shorten your time on the internet looking for one thing. Right. I mean, I do that when I go to the store, right? Because there's like certain qualities in like deodorant that I'm looking for. I'm looking for something that doesn't have aluminum in it and something that's, I guess, marketed as more natural. Just because, like, that's you know, I fall like I said, I fall into that trap. Yeah, but like so when and then also I'll look at the packaging. Like I really like, um, like black, like things that are black. Like so if it's got charcoal in it, I'm probably gonna buy it. Yeah, you know. So it's like whenever they and then they say it's like you know, um, antioxidant, and it's like oh yeah, it's so good for you. This charcoal's awesome. You know, take the charcoal. I'm like yeah, it's black. Of course I'm gonna take it. You know, it's like that's what there's a brand called Native. It's like oh that sounds nice. I really like the the brand name. And but I don't like their packaging because it's white and it's got like then it has like a bright color for the lettering. I'm like, hmm, I don't like it. Seems too girly for me. Like I don't want to do it. <laughs> so like I'll look for something else. And I've never tried native. And some of it smells okay because I also look for a particular type of scent, a more woodsy or like you know natural kind of like. I don't want like you know cotton candy scented deodorant or you know like um there's just some that i just don't i don't vibe with if you will well no that go and that that is a manipulation too that again that goes to the story being played in your head i think it's a silly person who says they don't like the smell of cotton candy who doesn't like the smell of cotton candy but you don't want to smell like cotton candy as a man yes because other men will look down on you for that right you'll be treated differently well old spice has one that smells legitimately like gummy bears i'm like i don't want to smell like a gummy bear like that's right weird. no i mean it, yeah but that that's because um uh that is the that's part of our habitat our culture right that's yeah that's, that's but yeah th- that's part of like the now, story not, yeah. that, and, I, and, I, and i use it on purpose so right like these are yeah. the things I, I i recognize that this is happening right and i just like well I, at least i'm going to get something that's aluminum free because that does like attribute to alzheimer's like it, it's been yeah. in studies and it's like i don't so i don't i don't buy things that are for deodorant well, no, men in general a straight men at, at least you know i don't know maybe gay men too but <laughs> But men in general want to uh, – I would say that our outward expression wants to be – our first impressions want to be fierce, right? We want to be looked at as uh, strong, yeah. confident, and fierce, mm-hmm. right? A, for, a force yeah. of nature, in other words, right. like an energy not to be fucked yeah. with, one, and two, to be desired. Right. So I think, uh, you know, cotton candy doesn't tell you that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so, But if it did, if that was the story to cotton candy, if cotton candy did mean – like. I don't know sexual prowess, and you could lift a truck. Exactly. Then yeah. All if we, ass- if we associated like candy right now, <laughs> yes. If if cotton candy was associated with masculinity, then I would definitely buy cotton candy. 
Like, and I know that. I know that yeah. I fall into those. And that's the, that thing. That, but that's that's branding. That's the only difference is that story, right? And right. There's, and there's really nothing. In, I mean, there's nothing in nature, that, you know, that says. I mean, okay, maybe like, you know, if if we didn't, what happens to any animal that doesn't bathe, including us? We get a very musky smell, right? Mm-hmm. Pheromones and dirt and, and, and germs and right. fungi take over, right? That's where all that smell comes from. So yeah, you could argue like you know a, a chimp, you know, swinging in the trees. Male or female smells pretty musky. They don't smell like cotton candy, but you could introduce the same way in some in some sense that it was introduced to us. That if that was what male chimps needed to get laid, you bet your ass they would be looking for flowers or stealing from you know the local caravan for you know cotton candy to to rub it on their bodies, things like yeah. that. So it, it it is a psychological. I mean that. It's almost a synonym for psychology or, you know, however you want to look at it. But um, well, I think this is a very interesting conversation, actually. I think the topic of branding, um, I'm, I'm more convinced now after talking about it that it is something that is in really in like a moment-to-moment um, thought in our head on a daily on a daily oh basis. yeah but i use it you know i use the manipulation in my favor too because i know because like it helps me because you come across like the parable of choice right there's so many options at target or at jewel or walmart or whatever so you use these i mean i do i use these different like schemas to, like from marketing that's marketed to me to help me make my decision it's like well what do i know about this brand in general is it a good quality brand like is it do i know anything is it how is it being portrayed to me? It's like, so it just helps me narrow down my choices. So I'm not spending like an hour in the aisle smelling every single deodorant, you know, because I've done that before and it sure. doesn't help. Well, and deodorant is one of the few products you can actually do that with. Right? Well, deodorant, go, shampoo and, and stuff. Shoes, yeah, but you yeah. can't go try on every sock or shirt. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess, well, oh, that's but, the worst. When you buy shitty socks, I yeah. hate that. I hate when you get socks that are that's just where too I, small. That's where I would say online shopping it's <laughs> adequate advantage because you keep well you can read through reviews and yeah. you can competition but okay so i was going to ask you if what advice you would give to someone else but you know what i want to hear what advice you would give to yourself right now based on the conversation that we just had how would you improve what advice would you give yourself how would i improve on my buying i would say just be aware that you are being manipulated and everything is to get you to buy their thing and recognize that some things are just flat out lies like they don't mean what you think they mean right like all natural flavoring like well that could you know what natural flavoring is for vanilla you can get uh beaver uh what's it called glands like the like stink glands that beavers have taste like vanilla so (laughs) that's all natural and they can use that you know so it doesn't really mean that it's coming from the vanilla bean so just like recognize that that's happening and to just like think twice about what you're buying what advice would you give yourself? No, that's good. That's how the cookie crumbles. That's that's how the cookie crumbles. <laughs> Fuck Coke. If you like what you're hearing... Or even if you don't, that also helps. <laughs> yeah, especially if you're still listening. Then please consider supporting the show. We're working hard on our passion to create quality content, and we want to bring you much more. Indeed, we've got big plans for what we want to add to Audio Pong, and we'd also love to hear from you, the audience, on topics or content Zach and I can create for you. Visit AudioPong on RedCircle.com for more information on where to support the show and where to listen. Also, feel free to contact us directly through email with AudioPong at gmail.com. Be happy. Be healthy. And have have a metal metal life. life.